For this weekend's roundup, we have used NintendoLife.com as the source for all the stories being discussed here. Thank you for listening to NF's Reviews. If you want to contribute, you could also, uh, well, you could always send voice messages, give us your comments and opinions on the topics being discussed, or you could also support us by uh, just listening and sharing, or you could subscribe through the uh, Anchor subscription model. I really don't even remember the name of it, guys. I'm being real with you. But anyway, thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to the first episode of NF Reviews where I will be reviewing everything Nintendo from different uh, news stories to specific topics, which both of those are going to be part of this special two episode premiere, and I'll also be reviewing video games. But for now, this is what we're going to simply call the weekend roundup. I will be going through the topics of this week along with Taj and yeah he's gonna be more of a frequent host when I do things like this yeah what's up guys all right uh so I guess first we should start off with um something that we're gonna be discussing deeply in uh the second episode Pokemon Home I think we have about mm, I think we have about two topics on this. So the first one, uh, we're just going to start off with, uh, it's been estimated that it has made $1.8 million in its first week on mobile. Um, I'm not sure what that means exactly. I mean, I have it downloaded, but I didn't really get into it. Um, I didn't think Pogo had support yet so how would it have made money exactly do they mean from subscriptions i guess it's probably from the subscription okay through um premium okay okay a lot of people would buy that and then they'd be like okay we can transfer from pogo up so we can get some of our favorite pokemon and right pokemon sword and shield so they'd invest in pogo now as a result of even if if they weren't invested in it before okay so it was um it's probably something like that well i asked because i wasn't sure how they could get um mobile estimates and not switch estimates but i guess mobile is has more available information of course because it's not closed source but uh our second story based on pokemon home is uh pokemon home subscribers have received a and forgive me for my pronunciation but i don't really play pokemon games like that i just got into sword the other the other day uh, they received a Pokeball colored, like a Pokemon patterned, Pokeball patterned, um, Magerna, Magerna, however you say that. But, uh, not everyone has gotten one. So, in my opinion, this is already off to a bad start if we're gonna be getting, like, prizes or just special little gifts every now and then for, for being a Pokemon Home subscriber. 
if this is supposed to be rolling out, but not everyone has gotten it. Like, do you have anything to say on it? Uh, I don't think I do. Uh, I, I just, yeah. I just think this isn't like a good start. I'm, I'm not gonna even get into the pricing model for it because that's gonna be in the second episode. But uh, we're gonna move on down to something I'm personally actually like really interested in in the next segment. Okay, our next topic is um, Retro Studios uh, recruiting a developer from Playful, the people that made new Super Lucky's Tale. It's a game on Switch, in case you haven't heard of it. And um, a developer, I can't remember their names, I'm sorry, I didn't get them, from Crisis 3, whatever that is, and um, Marvel's Ultimate Alliance 3, for Metroid Prime 4's production. Now, I'm not I'm not sure what this exactly means. Like now, I, I'm pretty sure the the developer from Marvel Ultimate Alliance. I'm pretty sure he would help with like the action um, perspective of it. You know, like how do I want to explain this? Uh, <laughs> I'm really bad with explanations, guys. I'm sorry. Um, the way. Different cutscenes may be taken out. Maybe. I haven't played Marvel's Ultimate Alliance 3 yet, but I do plan on purchasing it. It looks um, like a good game. It really does, but it's so much better co op. Mm, so, are you thinking of like buying it? And oh, the yeah. Two of us totally. Running through totally. It? The, yeah. the other two entries were good, too. Um, but anyway, uh, just, the, just a specific sort of art direction as far as the action scenes in the game you know um but yeah i'm i'm wondering how how far in they are on it because they just restarted the production process uh in the beginning well that's when they announced it to us the beginning of last year when they announced that they had to scrap everything because they weren't liking the way it was going and i personally just don't get why they why they didn't recruit Retro Studios for this anyway, they made the first three Metroid Prime games and to critical and commercial success. Why would you put any other studio in charge? And that's what that 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 just makes me question Nintendo's direction as far as trusting American developers with their franchises. I, I I just don't get it. They own Retro Studios, if you mm-hmm. didn't know that. They made oh. Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. And everybody I, loved that. Yeah, I was enjoying it when I started playing it for a little while. I didn't get to finish. But I, I, it was really good uh, for the little segment that I played. Okay. I, it, it's just not my type of platformer, personally. But it looks great. Mm-hmm. It plays great. Everybody loved it. So I don't understand why if they made these three great games that you were proud of, that every every fan was proud of. Why switch them over? Why, why change it up? We possibly could have had Metroid Prime 4 this year mm-hmm. had they just went with Retro Studios to begin with. Because an yeah. ex-developer or whatever 
of Metroid you can't just... said that it's gonna take at least three years to make a Metroid Prime game anyway. Mm-hmm. You can't just like say, "Hey, you did good work. Now get off my property." That that just doesn't make sense <laughs> to me, you know. I, I mean, assuming that they can't wrap my head around that. Right. Assuming that they restarted production back in late 2018. We're not going to see this game for at least another year. But maybe there's more to it that we're overlooking. You know, there's some. there might be an actual reason for it. Because I find it hard to believe that Nintendo would, um, like, put their foot in their mouth there by trying to uh, change up development for seemingly no reason. I mean, I guess they just wanted more of a... Um, over-the-shoulder type direction with how the developer was going to handle it, and that's why they didn't go to Retro Studios, because Retro Studios is actually stationed here in America. So, mm. I'm, I'm just not sure what their plan was with that. But, uh, I'm just glad they're back on track now. It seems to be going fine. I mean, if they're hiring people, it seems like they've actually got a vision for this game, a clear vision. I can't wait to see what it is, because uh, I've never played Metroid Prime, and don't hate on me for this, but my first Metroid game was Metroid Other M, and it was great. The story was, too. You can fight me on that. Because <laughs> people hated Other M, if you didn't know that. Like, they didn't like wow, how so emotional she was. Halo 3 ODST. I'm not going to comment on that, <laughs> but... That's all I heard. Um... I mean, uh, well, everybody can agree that the gameplay of Other M was nice, but I like the story, too. It showed that Samus was human. I, I don't understand what's wrong with that. What, what, What's wrong with that? She has emotions. But uh, we're going to jump into um, a rather serious topic in this next one, but it has to be discussed. I mean, these things happen. Um, there are now Nintendo Switch shortages from the coronavirus. Well, those are to come or to be expected. And it seems to be happening already in Japan because uh, Nintendo Switch Lite um, sales are, are soaring right now. And we understand that as fans and just as people, period, that um, this is something serious that needs to be... Uh, addressed with like full attention um i believe it's I, i'm not sure but i believe it's like foxconn that um that let their workers like stop working obviously because of the virus i'm um, now to try and stop it from spreading well to yeah to keep them from catching so like it of course yeah. Yeah. um how's it spread is it just I, like I, but I heard it's airborne. Air. Now I'm not yeah. sure. I'm not even gonna lie. I'm not. I'm not up to date on that. But I heard it's airborne. I don't want to spread misinformation. But um, I mean, we can look it up right now. Check it out. Firebox yeah. Um. Uh. Just a moment, guys. Um. Now that actually has me intrigued as far as. Um, why the Switch Lite isn't affected. I'm not sure how uh, the Switch Lite is 
produced, but apparently those aren't going to be I mean, affected. It could be as simple as because the Switch Lite is newer, they have more of it in stock than they do the um the actual Switch. So well, they that's probably the thing. just I think it, ha- it out. I think they have like it on that. a different assembly line, actually. Like, they're manufactured differently. Because, you know, if you, like, switch up... Uh, the the way that something is manufactured on the same line that costs like a buttload, right? Yeah, that makes sense. And the switch and switch light, they they have they may look similar on the outside, but they have two completely different designs on the inside. Yeah, totally. But uh, it's saying that yeah, uh, respiratory droplets. Uh, yeah. People in close contact with each other. So airborne. Yeah, that's and that's what it's airborne. Like. It spread airborne and through contact. Yeah. Okay. Well, yes, um do do understand that this is a serious matter and games of course come after life threatening illnesses and we we understand that as people and fans. So um, I mean, if you're if you're still in the market for a switch, I mean, you could possibly just wait it out, or like the Japanese are doing right now, just get a switch light, which we're also gonna talk about um, in another segment. Um, we're also gonna get into uh, the coral-colored Nintendo Switch light that seemingly just came out of nowhere. Uh, it's available April 3rd. Now, in our friend group, we kind of have like a thing about Nintendo Switch Lite. Um, the fact that it isn't a real Switch because it doesn't switch has... Yeah, in, yeah. A, in a nice way, I will say it It um, it had us perturbed. It should be called the Nintendo Lite. There's no switching involved, so why call it a Switch? Um, you know? Of course, I real now I, I don't know about them, <laughs> but I realized that it wasn't for me because it did not have a kickstand. I like to watch media on my Switch. <laughs> um, it does not have HD Rumble, which I use quite often, one even in Smash. Of, that's one of the best features of um, the Switch. Absolutely, HD Rumble. Absolutely, like, it's such. Like, I don't know if anybody out there has played Sword and Shield, gone in a max raid battle, and you just feel all <laughs> the power yeah. behind the HD Rumble. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, it's one of the best feelings. That is something that they should have advertised more, if you ask me. Yes. And there's no IR camera, and that may not seem like big news for a lot of people, but for me, that means I cannot buy Nintendo Labo. And that means I can't play something like Brain Age, which needs to come to America, Nintendo. We want to play Brain Age 2. <laughs> I mean, it's already available in Europe and Japan. Why is it not here yet? Uh, now, the question is, with the Coral Colored Switch, is it going to be just that? Or are they going to put uh, more well, colors of out? Course, of course. They did the special... Zamazenta and Zacian uh, Pokemon Switch Lite uh, for, of course, Sword and Shield. Mm-hmm. And with them coming out with this Coral one, that definitely means they're just going to keep coming out with new colors. 
the second part of the question is, are they going to make new Joy-Con colors one time, or are they just focusing on the Switch Lite? New Joy-Con colors, who? No, I'm saying, what, what, how did you phrase your question? Like, I'm, I wasn't sure I All understood right, that. So basically, if they're coming out with new colors for the Switch Lite, are they coming out with new colors with for the Joy-Cons one time, or is it just new colors for the Switch Lite only? Of course. Uh, last year, they came out with the blue and uh, neon yellow variant, yes, as well as nice. the, uh, yeah, and, with, and as long, uh, along with the uh, purple and orange, and mm-hmm. that made sense for Halloween. Um, yeah, there, it, it, it has been, a, yeah, purple and orange. Which, I can see the orange, but. It associates with the witch. I picked up on that. Oh, okay. That's what you meant. Yeah. But it had been a while since we had new colors because before that it was like the dual neon green, Mm -hmm. which was a Best Buy exclusive. Um, I believe that had came out that summer 2019. And before that, it, (laughs) I don't know how long it had been. Uh, uh, that was before I bought a Switch, so... Yeah, um... That was I, I, I'm not sure when they came out with new colors before the green ones, honestly. Um, so, because the default was red and blue, then after that they came out with the gray. Yeah, of course, they came out with the gray, and then they had the neon yellow for arms, oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, they yeah. had the neon green and neon pink for Splatoon 2. And they had red for Super Mario Odyssey, but that was a Japanese exclusive. Ooh. <laughs> um, you could also get it in the Super Mario Maker, um, Super Mario Odyssey bundle, along with the travel case. But you can only get it in the Switch bundle. Like you can buy them separate. Like you can. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not sure. Um, you could search that up real quick if you want. But I'm I'm trying to go on to the next segment. Yep. Yep. But to wrap this up, um. Yes, of course they're going to come out with new colors. Now, I personally have a uh, battery-improved Switch from uh, August 2019. And I said, I mean, I have a real Switch. I would probably just start collecting Switch lights or, like, any color that interests me. That sounds expensive. It does, doesn't it? (laughs) Or just this coral one specifically. It looks so good. Personally, I would just buy that just for like convenience purposes because I could put that in my pocket and play it at work. That's oh, just the way that, that I look small at it. That they can just fit in your body. Yeah, it's only like a 5.3 inch screen, I think. Correct me on that if I'm wrong, guys. It's, it's either 5.7 or 5.3. But yeah, it, it's small I'm enough small to fit in your pocket. I mean, I could fit my Switch and Joy-Con in my pocket because I don't I have bigger pockets than usual people but yeah but uh yeah we're gonna move on to uh just making sure there aren't any more Nintendo Switch uh news here yeah we're gonna move on to something uh something that has been in the news for a while Uh, Atlas says that fans should keep pressing on for a Persona 5 port on the Switch. Please. Uh, we've been pushing, especially since Joker joined 
as the first DLC unit. Joker steals the show. For Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Now, I think we also need to talk to Sega because uh, it sounds like Atlas doesn't have full control over ports. Uh, Sega, we want Persona 5 on Switch. I thought that was obvious. There's pretty much the same fans on Switch that there are on PS4 for Persona 5. <laughs> I don't get it. Now, personally, I want a Persona collection. Um, 3 through 5 would be nice. Some people online are just like the whole shebang, 1 through 5. Because 3 was when it started gaining like a lot of traction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm personally familiar with four more than three, Same. but uh, I started on five on my PS4, um, and it the first palace though oh it was a little disturbing, but to get into the game it just it it it, it intrigued me more than I thought it would because I personally don't like turn based RPGs. Persona Five just made me like it so much. It had it had the right amount of flair. It was so different from what I was used to. Like, had I not um, seen Persona Five, I would have still been saying like Xenoblade all the way. Now Xenoblade is still one uh, my top three favorite games. Let's get that right. Sheesh. But Persona Five has made me trust turn-based RPGs a little more. Um. Uh, yeah. Um. Now, what did you say? What did you mean when you said the playstyle was different than you expected? I mean, turn-based RPGs is yeah, they're kind of meh sometimes. I expected it to. Um, well, I haven't played too many recent ones yet, but besides Golden Sun, um, I can't remember if it was called Breaking Dawn. It was one of them on DS. Besides that, I expected it to be something like Earthbound. Like, I'm not even seeing my character. Mm. And I'm just picking which command I do. So, Fire yeah. Emblem, wait. No, 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 no. That, that'd be Heroes. Because uh, in, you know, uh, Three Houses, you command Byleth as well. The same thing with Awakening and mm-hmm. in Fates. So, that's kind of a trend that I hope that they keep it going and not revert to, well, you're just here to give orders not to fight mm, okay but yeah um we obviously want persona 5 i don't i don't understand like why we wouldn't <laughs> it's just generally a good game uh and persona 5 royal like add that to the english translation list when you bring persona 5 royal uh, to america going on switch um next we'll get into something uh interesting to say the least okay now nintendo switch online i know some of you hate that personally i think uh they could do more to make it more worth the price, but I'm not complaining mostly it's because $20 a year. it's $20 a year. I mean, compare that to Xbox who charge $60 a year. And, and PlayStation 4. 
Yeah, and you don't even get um, Game Pass included with that. So you have to buy that separately or you have to get Game Pass Ultimate, which is just right now they're they're not doing so well with that. Um, A lot of people would disagree with you. Now, now the reason why I say that is because, uh, all right, so with normal Game Pass, they, they basically make it so the longer the subscription that you buy is, whether it's the one month, three month, and the 12 month subscription each time you go up they cut the price a little bit they're not doing that with game pass ultimate because the one month subscription is 15 dollars a month and the three month subscription is 45 dollars a month same price throughout so they don't have a 12 month uh they don't have a 12 month as yet and they're probably going to make one from the fact that they made a three month one but so far i'm just not seeing it being worth while because why would i want to buy it for one year if it's going to be the same price um these are also several topics we're going to get into on um later episodes by the way but um the nintendo switch online exclusive uh snes controllers are now back in stock i believe they're 50 dollars for one of them um that's actually not bad for an officially supported controller like this is coming straight from nintendo this isn't 8-bit do with the control sticks like this is a an actual snes controller so the question is did they modify it did they modify it in any way to suit the um, switch any better like did they up the components in it no or did they keep the same old and just um, I mean, they for... use modern-day technology, so it won't cost them more, but for the most part, it's the same controller, just wireless. Okay. Well, yeah, they don't need cool. to because it's exclusive to the app for I mean, SNES yeah, games. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, uh, I still plan on getting one because uh, when and if they add Earthbound, I am so playing that again. Because I beat it the first time on Virtual Console on Wii U. I'm pretty sure they're eventually going to add it. Because then I'd be on that app a lot more. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, I believe they've added F-Zero, right? If they haven't, they should. And I believe Star Fox 2 is on there, which I'm going to get into very soon. I've always wanted to play that. But, uh... While we're here on Nintendo Switch Online, we'll also talk about how um, Dead Cells is now available for uh, Nintendo Switch Online subscribers in Japan for free. Well, not now, but on February 24th, which is Tuesday, to March 1st. And during that same period, it's going to be available at a reduced price. Now, I haven't personally looked up anything on Dead Cells. I haven't played it. But um, I hear it's like, I, I, I hear like it's like really good with the critics. And fans love it too. Now, I'm not going front. I don't kind of game this is but uh sounds like a shooter it sounds like an adventure game personally to me like kind of like uh ori it sounds more like that yeah ori was a great game but Uh, more action oriented i definitely recommend it to anybody who hasn't played the game yet 
Um, this comes off of them uh, offering Fire Emblem Warriors last month for free for a week. It seems like it's a week. Yeah, a week. Um, they need to start doing these more monthly or bi-monthly because after Mario Tennis Aces and uh, Captain Toad, I believe that was in Europe and Japan last year, like, I thought, like, this was another one of their experiments. It's never coming back. But then, uh, apparently, I missed Fire Emblem Warriors. Thanks, guys. Definitely wanted to play that. I mean, I'm still gonna buy it anyway. I'm Plus, sorry you don't read your phone mm -hmm. messages. Uh -huh. I don't. I don't know. I still didn't see it to this day. <laughs> um, the expansion pass as well, because why not? That's just gonna make it way better. Um, we're also gonna get into something that uh that interests someone I know very well. Fighters Pass Volume 2 is the confirmed end of planned DLC support for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. People have been taking this news completely out of context when it was translated because he said, well, I'm not sure what he said. I'm not even going to go that far. But so what I recall... Well, see, I can't say that because I don't recall all the words, but um, basically what I got from it was um, he was saying that uh, the new Smash isn't being focused on right now. Like, it's not, it, they don't have plans for it. It's not in development. And people took that as, Oh my gosh, is Ultimate the last game? No, he's still working on the current one. Why are you even worried about a new game? Why are you worried about a new game? This game has so much content as it is, and we're getting more? I'd be satisfied with this game for another five years after the DLC has already come out. So if all of this comes out by December... Starting January 2021, I'm going to be satisfied with this for at least another five years. There is so much that this game is offering right now. Yeah, and they, not just uh, with DLC, but they're also adding new spirits so that you can enjoy the game a little more um, with that, you know, yeah. more on the casual side if you don't want to play competitively. Um, I mean, personally, I just find Spirit Board to be a nice time waster. It's, yeah. it's fun. Switches it up board, often. Not just Spirit Board, but like, um, maybe if you want to go into Adventure Mode, they give you more spirits, so that way you can um, speed run the game a bit easier. Or you could just approach things differently. Yeah, definitely. And then you also have it, like I said, to where you can play with friends using Spirits on mm -hmm. uh, through Battle Arena and all that. That's pretty fun to me. I don't know about anybody else. But yeah, uh, we have six new characters coming, six new fighters coming. And each of them could be from a brand new series or an already established series, but just a new character. I mean, there there's just so much still that hasn't come. I don't understand why we're worried about there not yeah. being another Smash this is the ultimate smash game like it's it's the name of it i wouldn't yep. even 
I wouldn't even personally be bothered by there not being another Smash because nothing's going to be able to top this. Even Sakurai has said that himself. This is going to ruin future Smash games because he can't do this again. There's no way, no way that this yeah. is happening ever again. All six DLC characters are probably going to be Fire Emblem characters. But okay, it's okay, okay. That's <laughs> enough. <laughs> but seriously, who is your bet on the first character to drop in this new Fire Pass? First character, uh, I think they're going to want to come out the gate swinging like they did with the Joker. And I say it's going to be a strong third-party rep. Mm-hmm. It's either going to be... Uh, Sora from Kingdom Hearts. That's my bet. Which a lot of people hate. I don't understand why. Everyone asks for him. How are you hating the Trust me, to... there are people that, that does... hate Kingdom Hearts. Or Dante from the Devil May Cry series. Yeah. Those two have been heavily requested since Absolutely. Brawl. Absolutely. So it confuses me that the same people who are requesting Sora are also hating on the fact that he's a possible candidate to be put in this game. I mean, it'd be the nice first. Uh, well, they used to be Sony exclusive, but it would be the, it would be nice to see the first uh, Sony rep come here to Smash. That would be perfect because we got our first uh, Microsoft rep as well, Banjo and Kazooie. Absolutely. So now we can see Sony and Microsoft not just fighting over who's uh, selling the most consoles. Now, technically, but they're also um, you know. Uh, in the same game so you can enjoy the best of both worlds yeah now technically it's not a sony game because square enix isn't owned by sony but kingdom hearts did used to be a sony exclusive game a playstation exclusive game rather um so this is a another square enix character but if you look at it this would also be a disney character which i personally am excited about (laughs) that fact i would love to see Microsoft and Disney on the same credit scene. <laughs> me thinking about that just made me geek out so hard. <laughs> I'm gonna love that. I know, <laughs> but I love that so much. But um, either I'm not even gonna complain. Uh, either Sora or Dante would be great. Um, because I could complain. But I'm still gonna play him, see mm-hmm. if I like him, because I'm buying the Fighters Pass. Like I trust I mean, Sakurai. I bought the first one, did not regret it. At the end of the day, I think I don't care who comes out of DLC Absolutely. Fighter Pass too. Absolutely. All I know is that uh, he's gonna make. He's them gonna unique. make them great. Like he put a plant in this game and made him, made her. I should say. Uh, really, really good. Really, really fun to play. Exactly. And it's just like if you can do that, you can just put anybody in this game, and you can make them work. Especially uh, characters like Sora or Dante, who have very diverse move sets throughout their games. Man, that would just be great. Now, personally, later on in the Fighters Pass Volume Two, I'm just help. I'm just hoping for Akira from Astral Chain. Astral Chain really does give you Bayonetta vibes if you played Bayonetta. Like, they did great with Cat- with uh, Devil May Cry and Bayonetta. They put it together, and they got Astral Chain. It is... I'm... Oh! It's one of the best things ever. 
and I'm no, I'm I, I was just excited about how they could possibly get his legions in there. I know you haven't mm-hmm. played the game, but you know somewhat. I, I do know because yeah. I was there when you were. Well, you we were you were playing it in the same room. Yeah. Me, so I do know um, <sighs> a little bit about the game. Oh man, that would just be so dope. But uh, next to get off of that, uh, well, to wrap this up, to recap. Um, Fighters Pass 2 is the end of the planned DLC, meaning that they could throw a little bonus in at the end. Who knows? Don't expect anything because they didn't promise anything. But this is the end of the DLC that is planned for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Of course, they are not focused on the next game right now because they are still developing the current game. And I'm pretty sure we're going to get balance patches for another year after... Uh, the DLC is finished, just so we're not just left there with terrible bugs, because that kind of happened with the Bayonetta thing in Smash 4, but I'm not going to get into that. Um, next, we're going to get into something that uh, Fade is interested in, and he might be joining us later in an episode down the line, so... Look forward to that, but this would actually interest him a lot. Cooking Mama Cookstar is coming March 2020. They put out a promotional video for it for Nintendo Switch. Uh, I missed that one. I'm not sure if Nintendo uploaded it to their channel. I'm still not caught up with my uh, my, my YouTube feed. But uh, yeah, it's an official um, promotional video that came out for it the other day. And in this one, it's pretty interesting. Uh, They have a vegetarian or vegan route that you can take. Like, I was like, wow, they're really being inclusive here. (laughs) I didn't think you could be inclusive. So you could sell an Impossible Whopper and cooking. Ah, (laughs) that would be nice. But uh, yeah, they're being inclusive with a cooking simulator game. I've never played Cooking Mama. Uh, I'm not going to play it. I've played it a little bit. On how, how does it feel? It honestly did not feel like a bad game at all. Just not my cup of tea, you know? Yeah, I'm I'm not really interested in uh, uh, life simulator games like uh, The Sims. You know, I, I, it's, just, it's just not my thing. Like, I'm having a hard enough time controlling my life. <laughs> Why would I try to help other people control theirs? Like, I don't know. No. Sometimes helping people control their lives might contribute uh, to, it might, it to might, your life. But, you know, uh, no. <laughs> you, might find, you might find that the solution for some people's problems could also be the solution sure. to theirs. Sure. I just if you can found look it. at it. If you can look at it from that angle, you know. I played those games for five years only because my brothers played them and I haven't found answers yet. But, uh, Yep, Cooking Keep Mama looking, Cookstar coming March 2020. So, fans of Cooking Mama, look out because uh, Mama's coming to scold you if you burn her food up in her kitchen. Um, We're going to talk about uh, Platinum Games next. Platinum Games will be making an announcement next week, the week of February 23rd. Well, this will be out by then, I'm sure. But um, this is going to be their second of four announcements for 2020. Uh, their first announcement, I, I'm i sorry, I can't recall what it was. I'm going to look it up real quick. 
But as I'm looking this up, um, you know, they still haven't updated us too much on Bayonetta 3's uh, progress. Uh, Platinum oh Games could goodness. also make an announcement about the Wonderful 101, which did exceed its Kickstarter goal for Nintendo Switch. I think now it has exceeded its goal for PC. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if it got to the PS4 goal or not, though. But then, did you know that Nintendo is actually publishing that game and they're allowing them to put it on PC and P- PS4? That sounds kind of generous from Nintendo. Yeah, this is technically a Nintendo IP and they're allowing that. So that's that's I'm something I never it. saw coming. <laughs> yeah, they're remaking the wonderful one-on-one for Nintendo Switch. Um, but yeah, what do you... I know you don't know too much about Platinum Games, but no. do you... Well, we're just going to go with uh, what I think it is. I think it's going to be a long-awaited Bayonetta 3 update. Now, I think um, that because, obviously, they haven't shown it since that teaser trailer like from the Game Awards back in 2017. It's 2020. Why wouldn't they have news by now, right? Yeah. Uh, it could also be an announcement for another game that they're planning, or another series that they're planning on starting to uh, make. True. You know? That is very true. Um, I just say it's Bayonetta, Bayonetta 3 because they even a- announced it in uh, a direct, I believe, that was the one where they announced Astral Chain. So that was last year during the summer. And uh, I, I I think I think it's pretty interesting that now they choose to do so. Um, I did forget that Platinum Games is the same company that made uh, Near Automata. So just getting crazy with the speculation now. Near Automata could be coming to Nintendo Switch. That that game is fairly popular. It, they got. The main character of Nier Automata in Soul Calibur 6 as DLC. Interesting. Yeah, so um, I don't even need to tell you that that was... Oh, yeah, the Wonderful 101 was the first announcement. Okay, what that was the first of four announcements that they have this year. Um, by the way, the announcement is coming February 27th. So we'll see. A new game... Mirror Automata on Switch, Bayonetta 3 update, who knows? Or they could just throw a complete curveball and do something that no one's expecting. I can't think of something off the top. I can't think of anything (laughs) either. Uh, But they could possibly be doing that. Yeah. Platinum Games has yet to fail us. Uh, I'm not going to get into that. But uh, yeah. Uh, (laughs) It seems they have failed us once, huh? Hmm. Starfuck Zero. Uh, Link's <laughs> Awakening. We're going to talk about that next. The soundtrack. Pretty ambitious. Uh, Link, Link's Awakening. Uh, specifically, I guess, the version from Nintendo Switch, because that's the branding that they're using, is coming with a soundtrack uh, that's going to have 205 songs on it. For forty-seven dollars, like that's that's a deal. 
that's a steal. Oh my gosh. Um, you can order it from Play Asia if you live outside of Japan. I'm not sure how Amazon works, but it's also available on Amazon Japan's website. But PlayAsia.com, I'm not sure if it has a hyphen in between, but yeah. Uh, go to PlayAsia.com, uh, pre-order it. You can pre-order it now, and those will ship out between March 18th and March 23rd. I, I, um, my first Zelda game was Twilight Princess on Wii. Oof, can't relate. My first one was Breath of the Wild. I wish it was Breath of the Wild, right? But... <laughs> One day, I decided to go ahead and play it because it was, like, the only game left that uh, I hadn't played on Wii. And it was just sitting there. It was my brother's. Uh, so I was like, oh, I'm never going to get Wind Waker on Wii U anyway. <laughs> so might as well. Because I wanted it to be Wind Waker HD. But ended up being Twilight Princess. I've still never found a third piece of the mask, by the way. But, uh, yeah. I'd like to think of my first true experience. Fan. Don't. I'd like to think of my first true experience of Zelda, though, as Breath of the Wild because that game is glorious. Oh, it is so beautiful. The art style is amazing. The, the gameplay, art style, the ambiance, the game style, the story. Oh my god. The gosh. story. They say it lacks a story. Where? You must not get have, the memories. You didn't get the memories, bro. You must not have done captured memories. That was a good story. And then after you get captured memories, I'd suggest rewatching it because chances are yeah. you're not going to get them in order. Yeah. So after you do captured memories, then you rewatch them in the order that they're mm -hmm. supposed to be in. Mm -hmm. And then go ahead, beat Ganondorf again. Well, not Ganondorf, Calamity Ganon. Right. I misspoke. Um, and then you get the true ending for the game, and it just. It feels so good once oh, yeah. you complete it. Uh, it it properly displayed everybody's personalities in this game. It even had character development in those short snippets. It had character development. Like, come on. That that was well, amazing. The character development was really only on Zelda's part. Is how Zelda but that was, was important. Yeah. It was a Zelda game. Yeah, how Zelda was affected by the um the four <laughs> champions and Link. But um, the uh, memories that he retrieved as he approached um, Ravali, I believe, mm -hmm. for each of the uh, Champions Ballot missions, oh, the, champions the memories that he got oh from those... Those solidified the character development. Yeah, for the Champions. And that really solidified character development because yeah, you because, saw how they used yeah. to be. And then you see the... Uh, memories from the main story and it's like wow. especially with Ravali. oh i think he probably had the best character development out of that he went from complete arrogance and self-centered to well he was still a bit arrogant of but course. he could understand that he needed everybody else yeah and that that was really good character development to me it's like they didn't change his core character but they also um, made it to where like he understood his flaws and he was trying to fix them well he realized that uh his arrogance had no place in the face of danger right but at and the end he... of the day uh there was a there was a, a theory video that i watched and it pointed out how you can hear an sos in each uh champion uh not champion uh divine beasts like music um 
And if you listen to them, Ravalli's is the only one where the SOS comes out like super late in the song. So he still just thought he was everything until his big moment ball. to die. Exactly. So I mean, yeah, it it. Uh, I don't. I I don't. Ugh. People just have too many complaints about Breath of the Wild. I mean, if I your only complaint was about the dungeons, I would get that. Personally, I, I didn't don't. like the traditional dungeons from Zelda games. I like the puzzles in Honestly, the shrines. I think love it. I think the shrines, and not just the the shrines, but also uh, the hunt for Korok seeds. That's probably one of the best things they could have ever change uh with Breath yeah. of the Wild. because with shrines it's not just a okay you know where each one is you have to go out throughout the entirety of mm-hmm. Hyrule and you have to find every shrine mm-hmm. and complete it well you don't have to but it's just like yeah you have uh, exactly so much that's the beauty more of the game. gameplay to you do can, it exactly you have so and much the same thing with it. uh the Korok seeds because how many of them are there? 999? It's like 921 or something like that. Something ridiculous. But it's just nice to notice that sort of thing when you're just running about or running an yeah. errand. And it's and just like, what the heck is that over there? It looks weird. Yeah, it keeps you interested. It just keeps you interested in the game. And it gives you a better overall experience. So, yeah. Especially with each shrine being different. You know? Not every shrine is you have to go in and you have to battle a big right. boss and you have to, and then you get the um chest at the end. Right. Some of them are actually just puzzles, mysteries. You have to use that brain and try to figure out each one. Right. That's a really cool um experience, in my opinion. Yeah, but uh, bottom line, Breath of the Wild, great Zelda game. Um, Link's Awakening looks nice. I just don't like top-down Zelda games. Or top-down games, period. But, uh, yes, again, the soundtrack has 205 songs, $47 for pre-orders. Get it at PlayAsia.com or Amazon Japan. And the ship-out, March 18th through the 23rd. Uh, Next, we're going to get into some controversial stuff here. Real controversial stuff. But before that, we're going to talk about something interesting that I thought was dying out. Animal Crossing New Horizons has amiibo support. Now, we knew this from a few weeks back uh, from a leak. Uh, it, I believe it showed the cover art or just like a picture with the amiibo symbol on it. And it was like, uh, amiibo aren't dead? <laughs> Because I thought the only game still supporting Amiibo at this point at this point was Smash Bros. And they kind of had to because uh, they were the first game that came out with uh, Amiibo. Like, they kicked it off. And so they had to come out with Amiibo for the other characters, the new characters that they added in Ultimate. Well, the old characters that they added back plus the new characters in Ultimate. Uh, I'm still not even sure if they're going to do the DLC fighters at this point. But uh, I'm not sure uh, what the Amiibo do in Animal Crossing, nor do I particularly care because I'm not going to buy Animal Crossing Amiibo. But I believe they're going to re-release the cards for them again because if you didn't know, there were Amiibo cards at one point because they wanted all of the Animal Crossing characters to have Amiibo 
um, because they had the Amiibo Festival game. Uh, it was kind of like uh, Mario Party, I guess, on Wii U. It was terrible, by the way. Um, and then they had New Leaf re-released with uh, Amiibo support on 3DS. So, um, I brought this up because I'm just generally shocked to see that Amiibo still has a place in Nintendo's world right now. I mean, of course, they put the NFC reader under the right uh, stick on the uh, right Joy-Con. No. And they uh, put it in the middle of the Pro Controller. But who honestly thinks of Amiibo when you pick up a game? Now, let me uh, speak on that because some games, they do have... DLC relate well not DLC they have some content related to Amiibo like three houses each Amiibo gives you like new music yeah but or in Smash you can do Amiibo fighters yeah and then also in Breath of the Wild you get certain weapons for Amiibos okay yeah but let me make this but clear my problem is like I think that they should do more with the Amiibo I don't think I think yeah it's that was always a problem that's dead <laughs> that was that was yeah. the first complaint that everyone had. yeah they're underutilizing it because I they'd sell they have so much underutilized it, they'd sell so me. much better if they'd um incorporate it more because it's not just a cool little trophy to have in your shelf it's also yeah, something it's definitely more than that it's something that you can also use inside of your game so that way it becomes more precious to you and you want to go mm -hmm. out and purchase more of them yeah um well like i said let me make this clear i'm not saying that games don't have amiibo support right now but it's the fact that animal crossing has new animals in this game like they always do mm -hmm. and i can't help but assume that they're going to make new amiibo or amiibo cards for those new animals that's because cool. even though Fire Emblem Three Houses mm -hmm. had Amiibo support, did they come out with an Amiibo for any of those students or Byleth? No. Unfortunately not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Because uh, something they really could have done with Amiibo with Three Houses, they really could have added it to where you could use some of the older gen main characters or uh, have yeah. that as a costume for Byleth. Definitely. Instead of um, just giving it new music you know that that was or kind or of an insult. another another cool thing that they could have done is heroic relics they could have used some of the older weapons like they could have used <gasps> they could have turned divine yato into a heroic relic and like actually put that inside the game you know incorporate it some way through the um through the amiibo this is this is going to be a later topic guys this has to be a later topic because I am going to delve into every game on Nintendo Switch that has Amiibo support. And they underutilized it in the most insulting way ever. Yeah. That is so disappointing the way that they did that. They went from doing something cool like Wolf Link following you in Breath of the Wild. To new music. Yeah, that's... Exclusive music. That's pretty lame. Um, I was going to merge these, but I kind of figured this was going to turn into a mini Amiibo topic. So we're going to follow up with another Animal Crossing story. And you know which one it is. It's the controversial one. The one that one likes. Oh, boy. <laughs>
Animal Crossing New Horizons. Uh, now, everyone was loving the Direct. They were just so pumped, so excited for it. Even though the rest of us just wanted a Nintendo Direct. This was not the Direct that everyone was hoping for, but the Animal Crossing fans. And I'm not bashing it. Uh, that's nice. You, you, got, you got an update. But that update also included something you weren't a big fan of. Uh, save data cloud backups. Non-existent for this game. Instead, it is one of the worst implementations or situations to ever be in with a video game. And then this story came with updates. I mean, it's messy. So in the direct, they, um, they, they addressed it that, uh, you will only be allowed one recovery for your save data because it comes from Nintendo servers, like save data cloud backups do. I don't know why they even said that, but you will be allowed one recovery, but only from a damaged switch or a lost switch and you have to let them know that of course and they will send your save data to your nintendo account but you only get that once and you have to be a nintendo switch online subscriber is is this the part where i called them out for being stupid or is that a little later to add more uh they later said that they will all uh, and this is coming later by the way this isn't even out the gate so you screw your switch up between now and sometime later you're just screwed okay that's oddly specific mm -hmm. um also later uh they now allow they say that they're now going to allow you to transfer your save data from one switch to another what i'm not understanding is why is this such an issue with this one game what is so special or what is so messed up about animal crossing to where this is even an issue what what's the deal because I, I'm, I'm, before you say something though I'm going to mention that this is a thing on home consoles it always used to be the case of you only had one town or one city on one console and I suppose it was the same thing for a DS and that kind of makes sense because you're the only account on there but with this being Nintendo Switch with multiple accounts why is this such an issue now my first question is why do i as a person have to go through all this trouble to back up my um data to another account and the fact that i can only do it once if my switch is damaged or stolen yes you can only claim it once now what happens if it happens again you're screwed. <laughs> it's really that simple. Exactly. No so it's just like that. there, it's you're you're messing up your audience with I, that. 
I have to applaud Nintendo for being transparent that this was what they were going to do instead of just putting this in a news article. No, that's cool and all, but the fact is, this is oddly specific. Yes, but they need to be more transparent as to why this is the way it is. Like, you can't just say that and just leave it at Exactly. That just... Just because everyone wouldn't particularly understand if you try and explain it, doesn't mean you shouldn't be or you shouldn't bother to be more transparent because to everybody this just doesn't make sense at all why are we, why do we have to go through all of this so you already only have one island on a switch mm-hmm. like no matter which account you play you play on the same island that's already the thing i'm not sure why don't ask me. I, I guess it's going to be like really data heavy if you try to make an island separate for every account. But hey, but that that's should, my business. Exactly. <laughs> that should be something that you should be in the control of. If you think it's too heavy for your Switch to handle, then you don't have to do it. Um, but the also, fact that they're choosing for you, yeah, that that doesn't sound like my way to play. Because Oh? <laughs> it does it, does it. Um, because... With the Nintendo Switch, it's so it's so easy to expand your storage as, as simple as buying an SD card. So Which you're getting cheaper by the day. Yeah. So since save data is only allowed on console and not on an SD card, I forget the reason behind it, but that actually has a good reason behind it. What? The save data only being allowed on the console, not an SD card. There. Well, I, yeah, that makes sense. Actually, I'm going to retract that statement. I think there was something wrong with that. But let's just go along with because it. Because then you're just doubling up on data for no reason. So no, just it's have just it all like in one let place, me transfer yeah? it. I think people had a problem with that. Oh, but back to okay. the point. Um, if Because I'm the person that has all of my save data on my console and only my save data. My games are on my SD card. So... I think that I should be able to make my own island separate from my sisters or my friends or my brothers. Why one console? I mean, why one island per console? I, Maybe I can't follow that. What they're trying to do is like make it more of a family friendly experience. Yeah, so it's let's like, not. <laughs> let's so not. it's like you. Um, you all have one island, so it's like you just share on who's I mean, taking look, care of what. Okay, but look, we you came out with the Switch Lite for the sole purpose of you want everyone to have their own system. We don't need to share an island. <laughs> that that Now, that's just how I look at Y'all it. Y'all are sharing a system, so, I mean... I bet you your light, stuff you, in your foot. You got your own going. Uh, got your own island too this this is just really messy um because then in they re-released the direct like today well it's february 23rd uh 22nd uh they re-released it on february 22nd with the update of um basically like basically it said uh online uh save data capabilities will be uh, announced at a later date. So, they changed it from just the uh, one-time recovery, and I'm guessing they're going to do something else. I'm not saying what they're going to do. I'm not saying what they changed it to. 
but perhaps they're gonna look into making that happen to where it's on the save data cloud backup later who knows but if it, it's, it's just really messy right now but if it's on the save data um backup wouldn't that mean you can use more more islands per console no because then it would be on no what that's it's just for your save data because I guess they can still make their own villager or their own avatar mm-hmm. to play on that same island that's, for each account. That's yeah. Um. Wow. Next, we're gonna get into something kind of weird about Pokemon Sword and Shield. Um, something weird I came across on NintendoLife.com, uh, you can connect your Pokemon Trainer Club account to your Nintendo account, obviously on something other than your Nintendo Switch, in order to participate, well, it may be available in Sword and Shield, I'm not sure, in order to participate in the international challenge that they started this month of February, to win a Ball Guy t-shirt in Pokemon Sword and Shield. Um, those points will also go toward your trainer club account, so keep that in mind. This is just a little tidbit I wanted to throw in there, because I might make a Pokemon Trainer Club account just to get the shirt. I like collecting clothes on that game. Have you ever played in an international challenge, Todd? I have not. Um, Do you know what it's about at all? Usually just not interested in that kind of stuff. Um... I do tournaments and stuff like that, but international gotcha. challenges, those just seem like too much of a, um, how do I phrase that? It just doesn't seem practical to me. Mm. The, the odds and the chances it just doesn't seem like it's in my favor, so I just don't participate <laughs> in them for that reason. I've done it a couple of times, and every time that I've done one of those, I've just never gotten anything from it. So it's just like, you know what? Um, I don't feel like doing it anymore, you know? Okay. Um, I'm, I, And I also might do it just to see what the fuss is about uh, since I'm just getting into Pokemon. I want to see everything that they offer. But uh, since that was like a little quick bit right there, uh, not the copy tech link <laughs> for any of you taking nerds out there. Um, I'm just going to throw this in with it. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 and Puyo Puyo 2 is now available on the eShop. Um, I got into Puyo Puyo because of Puyo Puyo Tetris made for Nintendo Switch. Mm. Uh, I do prefer Puyo Puyo over Tetris. I have never liked Tetris. Puyo Puyo just looks more fun. So I might look into getting it. Maybe I should just get Puyo Puyo Tetris. I don't know. This just seems more for nostalgia nerds, I guess. Um, have you ever played a Sonic the Hedgehog game? I have. I did not enjoy it. Which one in particular? I don't remember. Uh, it was one of the worst ones. Which console was it on? I think it was PS3. Oh no, he played Sonic 06! We don't talk about it! Exactly. And that... (laughs) Oh no! That just ruined the whole (laughs) Sonic for me. I just... I've never played a Sonic game again. I don't even play Sonic and Smash. That's how bad it's gotten. You know... I'm, I might get hate for this one, but uh, I like the story of Sonic the Hedgehog 2006. Every major part of the story 
I liked it. And you know which part I'm talking about, too. If you played it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But the gameplay suffered so much because they were forced to rush it. It was supposed to have a secret ending. Did you know that? No. Like, every 3D Sonic game has a third ending. Well, technically, this would have been a fourth one since it had three protagonists. Mm -hmm. But every Sonic game has an extra ending. And there was even an achievement for it on Xbox 360. And that's why it was Mm. like, well, where is it? They never got a chance to put it in. Stuff like a shield was supposed to be in it. Shields are basic in Sonic games. That's how you can tell it was rushed because that wasn't even in the game. There was supposed to be a a special uh, attack that Sonic could use or something like that. I can't remember what it is, though. And Super Sonic was supposed to be in the game, too. That's kind of what that gauge was for that never went down until you used Elise's ability. He was supposed to have Super Sonic in that game. So That sounds like a complete disappointment and an extreme waste absolutely, of time. Absolutely. Uh, aside from the final fight, of course, he was supposed to have Super Sonic. But back to Sonic uh, the Hedgehog 2. Uh, I never played any of the uh, classic Sonic games. I don't really care for classic Sonic. But Sonic Mania made me have a new respect for it. Sonic Mania is great. That was made by a lot of the fans. Uh, Christian Whitehead, They Sega actually hired him to do a lot of their mobile games, and then I guess they just finally decided to trust him with an homage-type game of sorts, I suppose. Like, they got old characters from Sonic games, like Mighty and Ray. And made them part of the Sonic Mania Plus DLC. And now they have their own company. I can't recall what it's uh what what they named it, but they they did exceptionally well with that game. That was the best selling Sonic game in how long did they say? I believe they said past fifteen years. That's Seventeen awesome. years. Like that that game was awesome. That sounds successful. Yeah, quite. And the critics loved it too. Nine, nine point five out of ten. It was four out of five, like it was great. Um I just hated that Sonic Forces didn't tie in well with it like it yeah, was supposed we don't talk to. <laughs> but yeah, they were supposed to tie in <laughs> in case because a lot of people didn't know that. But I noticed that as soon as uh the Chaos Emerald started warping them through different worlds as you played through the story on Sonic Mania. I noticed that. Interesting. But yeah, that's why classic Eggman is in Sonic Forces. They kind of merged Robotnik? worlds. Hey, well, yeah, Rob, Robotnik, you're right. Um, Next, we're going to get into our last story. We already talked about Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition, or maybe we haven't on, no. on podcast. Yeah, we, we well, talked we, off podcast too. But. We probably, actually, I think we did. I think, uh, yeah, because I brought up something and you. Uh, okay, <laughs> I'm pretty sure we talked about it on podcast, yeah, but we're we coming did. back with a segment. Um, so we just remembered that it was from when we were talking about Persona 5, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, uh,. 
Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition has finally got a rating from the rating board, ratings board in South Korea. I'm so excited to play that game. So, yes. <laughs> yes, I want to re-experience it on Switch. So, a release date announcement is imminent. Maybe just a month. I don't care if it's a season at this point. If we get a season, I'd be happy with that. Now, Woo! I have one question. All right. When Xenoblade Chronicles 2 dropped, we got deals. Well, if you have the DLC for Breath of the Wild, you got the uh, Savage Armor, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. So the question is, with the Xenoblade Definitive Edition, are they going to do something similar to that with another game? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't know. So Xenoblade <laughs> Spirit sound kind of juicy. I don't know, bro. That that That's... Uh... When I decided to get Xenoblade Chronicles on Wii U through the Virtual Console, it was a purchase I never thought I would be so, so, so very happy to make. That instantly turned into my new favorite franchise from Nintendo. Bold words. It is. Um, because Star Fox, they, it, they didn't know what to do with the series. It hurt me that time and time again, they kept making remakes yeah. of Star Fox 64. Star Fox sometimes, Command was a Star Fox 64 yeah. remake. Sometimes companies, 3D was a 64 uh, remake. Zero was a 64 remake. Did you know that? No, I didn't. I'm not too far into the, um, Star Fox series. But sometimes certain series need to know when to give up and to start something new. Like not all like not always your games are going to be good or not every time you um you put out a game it's just going to be crazy with the fan base. Sometimes you have to give up and start a new series. You know? Cuz yeah. Sometimes a series that I'm not going to say it deserves to die because that sounds kind of brutal. But sometimes if you run out of ideas, you yeah. um, scrap that series and you start something new, you know? I mean, there's nothing wrong with making remakes, but trying to make a remake to stall for time just means it just proves that you don't have any ideas. And you should probably drop it. It does speak on doing. you lacking ambition. Yeah. For that series. And that is one of the worst things that you can Holy ever heck. do to a franchise. Do not put something out if you lack ambition. Yeah. Like, if you think that, okay, we made it. We can just put out whatever we want. They they kept doing it because everyone made it clear that they love Star Fox 64. Of course they love Star Fox 64. It looked better than the choppy frame rate on a SNES. Shots fired. What made me upset was when Rareware made Star Fox Adventures, they decided to continue the story in uh, Star Fox Assault. I forget mm -hmm. who they helped got help uh, got to help them make that uh, develop it. Actually, I'm gonna look it up right now. But that was such a great game. My mother bought it for me for my birthday. It was the only video game she bought any of us for our birthdays. And it instantly turned into my favorite childhood game. Mm. Would, it, it, I, I'm trying to think of what my favorite childhood game would be. Uh, 
believe it or not, the first video game that I think I've ever owned, and don't, don't roast me, please don't roast me, uh, thinking back, it's probably either Guitar Hero for the DS or Hot Wheels by Activision for the DS. Yeah, I know. I, I got into video games late, and when I did, it wasn't... It wasn't of the best taste, I will admit. Okay, I'm not even <laughs> going to speak on that. But yeah, Namco helped them develop Star Fox Assault. And the great thing about Star Fox Assault was um, because Crystal was the damsel in distress in Star Fox Assault. I mean, Adventures. And they continued that. They brought her on to this team of Star Fox. Mm -hmm. She was their new fourth because Pepe was supposed to be retiring he was going to hang back on the uh, Great Fox and direct orders from there. It was a very emotional roller coaster. I'm not going to get into the story. But it was a great story. Um, it left us on a cliffhanger. We still don't even know if Star Wolf is alive. And that's like teasing a spoiler right there. But it's an old game. Um, I don't know. Maybe it we had, might get a remake. It had okay. <laughs> mm. That and that hurts me because Ooh. those two games actually deserve remakes, not Star Fox sixty four. Yeah, but just because a fan base likes something doesn't mean that it needs to be remade. Three times, hella overkill. But um, yeah, it had. Great multiplayer. Multiplayer on Star Fox 64 was just bad. It was just unplayable. Period. Um, I'm sorry, guys. We got interrupted. But like I was saying, it had great multiplayer. Star Fox 64's multiplayer was basically unplayable. It was atrocious. Sheesh. Yeah. Uh, I would know because... Uh, Let's just say I had a friend that had a way of uh, getting me to be able to play Star Fox 64. It was just terrible. Okay. Um, not, the, not the main story, just multiplayer. Um, because as you kept playing more battles, you could unlock more characters, mm -hmm. which had discernible stats. This wasn't like Mario Kart Wii. Like, they actually had discernible stats. Um, they had different run speeds. They did ha had different jumps, uh, jump heights. They could. Uh, so basically, each character was different as they're supposed yes, to. Yes, it actually matched them as a character. That's perfect. Um, and it it was more than just the characters that were in that were in the game that was like connected directly to the story. Like you could play as characters from Star Fox Adventures. They had different throwbacks with the weapons. Like, you could unlock new weapons. Mm -hmm. You could unlock different stages that weren't even in the game. You could unlock different game modes. Uh, I, it, it was just a big letdown that they did that to Star Fox. And that's why Xenoblade uh, became my new favorite franchise. Like, the story... I already liked Shulk. And what got me into Xenoblade was that um, I, I started to play Shulk on uh, Smash 4, Smash 4 for Wii U. 
Because after I saw the trailer for Shulk uh, as a newcomer, I was like, oh my gosh, I love him. And the atmosphere that they had for his games, especially guard playing that they had for him in his trailer, led me to believe he was Australian. So I was highly disappointed when I found out he was British. That is not an insult to British people. It's just that I love the Australian accent. He sounds more Australian to me than British. And he gives me more of an Australian vibe. Like, look at what he wears. Yeah. That just says Australian, right? He looks like he goes out and wrestles kangaroos he all day. He actually wears a vest. A leather vest. <laughs> okay, you're messed up for that. But. I didn't mean it in a racist way. I'm sorry if I offended anybody. But, yeah. Uh, it easily became a new favorite franchise. Because, like I told you earlier about turn-based uh, uh, RPGs, I'm just not a fan of them. And with Xenoblade, it's kind of like you just run up and you attack. You you, you use different tactics. It's mm-hmm. not like you just keep slashing at them. Like, that's where the Monado arts came in at, and the different uh, techniques like backslash and air slash, you know, stuff like that. Did you want to say something? Uh, no, I think... Uh, sorry for that, guys. Uh, but yeah, it easily became my favorite franchise. Like it's it, it was it, even for the Wii, it was a beautiful game. Um, the story was very detailed. Uh, it got very emotional. Like the the first time of you about to fight Metal Face, like even just like long before that, it was so emotional. Like oh my gosh, Melia. Uh, Fiora, Dunbon. Uh, it, it, it was just a lot. But yeah, uh, looking forward to the Definitive Edition getting a release date soon. And sorry guys, this was our longest segment. <laughs> but I, I went off on a rant about Star Fox because it hurt me so bad. But yeah, I had to get into that. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Hi guys, I just wanted to make this quick update that the ESRB has finally rated Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. It is rated T for Teen, so they are not holding back. They didn't clean up. I assume so this is gonna be a great experience uh, a release date is imminent now honestly I'm not gonna be shocked if it comes in March or April I'll actually be very excited more than anything else but this also hints at a Nintendo Direct around the corner but if we really go this month without one which it seems is gonna happen it's gonna be really weird like if we don't get a Direct by Thursday I'm going to be kind of weirded out so if they don't announce a direct uh, Tuesday which is the 25th I believe um, this is going to be really weird but I digress Uh, I'm so ready for this game so ready our first weekend roundup you guys
guys. Um, let us know how we did on any platform that you're listening on. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, which is where we record from. So you can send us voice messages on here. But let us know your thoughts and opinions on anything that was discussed here. Or anything that you want to talk about. <laughs> um, related to Nintendo Switch, of course. Um, or Nintendo Mobile. Or Nintendo Oh, yes, and that is part of our uh, second episode of this dual episode premiere. We will be getting into Nintendo Mobile subscriptions. So stay tuned for that. And I just really want to thank you guys for joining in on our first episode. Uh, I have been NF. This has been Taj. I I'd like to thank you for uh, sticking around, you guys, because I saw that the uh, the preview to this podcast, the trailer for it, it almost got 200 listens. Uh, and I know I took a while to uh, upload. I'm sorry about that. It's just that currently life ain't going too great. I have to get in where I fit in, as they always say. Uh, I just don't have a proper recording location right now, mostly. But uh, that will be changing in the next few months, hopefully. But, uh, yeah, thank you for tuning in, and make sure you listen to the next episode. Thanks for listening. And make sure you rate us on whichever platform you're listening to.